A Walk Among the Stars, The Monsters, The Paranormal, and Supernatural. Join your tour guides, Justin and Josh, on this cryptic journey through life and beyond. What you may not know is you've been on this journey for a long time, and you finally arrived. Join us and our cult by subscribing to this podcast and giving us a generous five-star rating. With doing so, your soul will be set and the afterlife defined. Welcome to It's Cryptic Out There. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back. <clears throat> All right, now that we got that over with, Justin, maybe we can try and do a real take now. <laughs> the beast lives the outtakes. Yeah. How many times did it take just to get the intro done? I guess this is the intro now. Okay. <laughs> this is the intro. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, <laughs> welcome back to the uh, to the Beast Lives Part 2. Um, super psyched that everyone really, really liked the first one. Justin, do you not want to be in these? Like, you're here on the couch. It's your, it's your thing. Oh, he's so cute, isn't he? Um, so anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks everybody for all the feedback. I know I already said that. But I really do appreciate it. It was just something that I thought maybe just a one-off. Maybe everybody would throw, like, peanut butter sandwiches at me or something. I don't know. Just disrespect me uh, because they hated it. But, you know, thanks. So I really took time. I know there's a lot of time in between this. I had a lot going on. I moved. Uh, Justin moved. There was just so much going on. I was super, super busy at work there for a long period of time. So what I did... Um, is I wrote all of part two and I've started writing part three so it might just be a week or two before we release that so it won't be a, an end a quick or, or a, a long awaited end again so yeah thanks everybody for tuning in I guess we'll get into this The beast awakens in a bed with a washcloth on his head, and his wounds bandaged. Though he is still groggy from the night's events, he tries to muster the strength to figure out just exactly where he is. As he gets up, he starts to analyze the old farmhouse room. He sees a picture setting on the nightstand. It looks to be a group of hunters kneeling before a hunt. Before he can inspect any further, the bedroom door opens. A woman says, look who is finally awake. It's been a week. The beast, shocked, replies, a week? I've been asleep a week? 
the lady placing down a tray of eggs, bacon, and a freshly cut orange, tries to calm the man. Yes, sir. Your injuries were pretty severe. Honestly, we're all very surprised you're still alive. But your bravery to have brought your son to safety, that means everything. The beast brain quickly begins to process the situation. No one is aware of his most violent form, he thought. He hurriedly says, yes, my son, where is he? Is he okay? The lady pours coffee into a glass and hands it to the beast. He's fine, he's fine. He's sleeping in the nursery. We almost thought he was a goner too. Luckily, the whole community came together to make sure you both pulled through. I am forever in your debt and grateful for what you have done, the beast says. The beast sits down and begins to eat. Not long, there is a knock at the door. The lady answers, Captain Parker, good to see you. The beast starts to look at the man, almost in a recognizable way. Captain Parker is a tall man, around six foot five, with black long hair and clean shaven. He's wearing a police officer's uniform with tinted sunglasses and a hat. Captain Parker embraces the woman and greets her with a good morning. The beast watches the interaction, calculating every movement being made. The captain starts walking towards the beast and extends his hand. I'm Captain Wally Parker. Pleasure to meet you. The beast extends his hand, shaking it, but saying nothing. It must be confusing for you, Captain Parker says, taking off his hat and sitting down at the table in front of the beast. But not as confusing as it is for me, this here whole situation. The captain then looks the beast in the eyes. Why don't you tell me what happened? The beast puts down his fork and takes a drink of the coffee. I'm sure these kind of folk have done enough explaining as to what happened. I can't rightly remember. It's all a little foggy. Captain Parker, whose patient has worn thin at this point, calls for the woman to take the beast's food. She swiftly does before exiting the room. The captain says, Oh, the forest foxes are back. Would you kindly tell the others? She nods and exits the room. The captain pulls out his pipe and lights it, taking a couple puffs, while the beef sits as still as possible, calculating every move. Mister, I ain't seen one of your kind since I was a kid, and on that night, we thought we wiped you out completely. Captain Parker says with a half-crook smile. The beast digs his fingers into the chair he's sitting on. Officer, I ain't really sure what you're referring to, I don't plan on sticking around. Just want to take my boy and move on. The captain leaps from his chair with a menacing look on his face, attacking the beast, forcing him to the ground. That boy ain't yours. He never was. You think I'm some kind of fool? Where's the other car door, huh? Claw marks on the roof? Looks like I caught me a forest fox. I'm going to do what my granddaddy should have done decades ago make you extinct. In a scuffle, the beast pushes him off with such power he goes flying into the bookcase, crashing everything to the ground. 
captain slowly starts to regain himself. But the beast is shaken. He's on his hands and knees, and before he knows it, the captain takes his baton and smashes him in the head, leaving the beast dazed. The beast laying in a pool of his own blood, gurgling, legs twitching, re-injuring himself while also gaining new ones. Fading in and out of consciousness, he sees a picture, the same one he was analyzing from earlier of the hunters. The beast whispers, the silver bullet commune, before passing out. The beast has always had moments throughout his long, violent, and cursed life that had him questioning his existence. Like, for example, getting beaten with a club by a werewolf hunting police captain wasn't the first time, but unknowingly to the beast, it wouldn't be his last. The Appalachian werewolf, or the forest fox as the captain called them, were once a large population. That is, until the silver bullet commune came into existence. The idea of a beast so full of rage and uncontrollable had local townsfolk in constant fear and paranoia. One night, the commune had enough, as their livestock had been rampaged and brutally murdered. Though, it was the common wolf that had perpetrated this act. The final straw had been broken. The commune got torches, shotguns, and most important, the silver bullets. The commune calls it and celebrates it as the Blood Moon Massacre. The blood moon, for werewolves, is something of a blessing and a curse. If a werewolf is so lucky to become one on a blood moon, they shall be the strongest and most powerful of their kind. Though, every time the blood moon happens, they go into a violent fit of uncontrollable rage and destruction. Though, 33 years ago tonight, as the beast is being dragged into the silo, the blood dripping from his head and mouth, arms tied around his back, his consciousness slowly regaining, all he can take in is the silver bullet commune decorating, singing, and dancing. They are celebrating his death and his ultimate demise, his extinction. They get to the door and throw him inside, beating him before chaining him to a concrete post. Captain Parker walks up to the door before it's shut and locked. Well, buddy, looks like tonight I'll be the final Parker to have gotten me a werewolf. He puts his hat and sunglasses on and turns off, snapping his fingers. Before the door can close, the beast looks and sees both the sun and the moon. Not far from each other, he starts to think. 33 years, blood moon, 33 years, before everything becomes unbearable and he can no longer physically and mentally stand the pain and anguish, he says, I am the blood moon werewolf. Alright everybody, that's the, uh, that's the end of part two, that's it. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. I I really appreciate that so much. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the Beast Lives Part Two. Um, part Three is on the horizon. Like I said, I've already been writing a little bit of it. So uh, I will say, disclaimer: it's gonna be incredibly violent and gory. Um, 
I know that this episode, there wasn't that much action or anything, um, but I wanted to just be able to tell part of the story, uh, what I thought that everybody needed to know, and it's still very important. It was important to me, so I thought it'd be important to you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we were doing so good. Oh, we're definitely keeping that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, uh, give us a five star on Spotify, Apple Music. Like, uh, give us some comments just to kind of boost us in the algorithm, let people know that we're there. Share us on Facebook, you know, join the cult. Um, we would really, really appreciate that. That's the best way that we can interact with you. We have TikToks. You'll be able to figure out your way around social, especially we're going to be dropping these in the show notes. So thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys so much. And as always, watch your back. It's cryptic out there. <laughs>